deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. A lock don't be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world has opened up as has the Griffin. Hello everyone and welcome to the Shriek Cast. Ooh, I had to st- I was thinking about <laughs> saying Shrieking Shack that time. Mm. It is the Shrieking Shack, it's the Shriek Cast, it's whatever you want it to be. This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for laps fans and i am your host zz and i'm liz and liz it was a very important event this past week Hmm, what could it be it was uh the met gala yeah i still don't really know what that is me Uh, either that's okay though it happens once once a year everyone talks about it and I'm still not 100% sure what it is. Yeah, I don't know. And I'm also just like not that interested. Yeah, a lot of celebrities get together to do nothing and wear silly hats. That's kind mm-hmm. of my take on it. That's my that's my cool Banksy ass take on it is, is that's all that is. Sure. Yeah. But this year, I suppose, is a uh, something for us to, to check into here because some uh, fantastic beast stars were there. Ooh. I don't know if I'd call him friend of the show. I'd say honestly he might be like our a show nemesis, one of mm. our se- one of several show nemesis we might have. Ezra Miller was there. Yeah, he's a tough one cuz you know, he kind of talks the talk a little bit. He uh, talks but the talk is, a little but too much. It, but that is just like in the movie with Johnny Depp, and I don't quite understand I don't quite understand that. Mhm. Ezra, I'm not I'm not quite clear on how on how that is uh, for for your praxis. <laughs> but he was he was there. And I got to say, I mean, this is this is not the best format for this. This is not a visual medium, but you can go, you know, the audience out there can go look it up. He 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 showed up as what I can only describe as a, a Batarian for Mass Effect. Mm, I'm looking I'm, I definitely saw the picture before the show but I am going to be looking it up right now just to kind of enhance my experience yeah. yes yes I see what you mean doing that thing I don't know if you've noticed this has have you started seeing there's some artist who is suddenly like skyrocketed in popularity and I keep seeing everywhere and I, I'm, I, I don't know her name but she's like a makeup artist who does like a bunch of like visual like illusion type things popping up everywhere. And it looks like he sort of went for that thing. Yeah, just, I do know what you're talking about. Yeah, he's drawn a bunch of eyes over himself. Uh, I, uh, I've i got just some good, good comments from him about about this thing. Oh, sure. I, I have not heard these, so I'm excited. We We have relied so long on the subreddit and like occasionally the leaky cauldron right Mm -hmm. but there's a whole website out there that we've kind of ignored and i'm kind of into checking out now sure it might be my new news source which is mugglenet.com oh yeah mugglenet.com has maybe overtaken leaky cauldron for me and maybe maybe they're competing for this spot i'm not sure how much they interact really if you know is there like a a website rivalry where they're where you know where, where like is 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 harry potter fan traffic limited in these latter days of the franchise and they're but they wrote a very long article about uh, ezra miller's outfit i cannot think of a website that would be more out of their depth writing about <laughs> about this well we're the so we're the second most out of our depth oh sure uh, absolutely yeah. uh but i don't really i don't really have like a think piece to write about this um <laughs> my, my one i looked at it and like that one little 
um, fact that is maybe a fact. I'm not really sure about how when you like put uh, eyes on top of each other, it makes someone dizzy because you don't know which eye to focus. Like that's all I've got. Okay. And that's like that's like an opening sentence at best. Well, MuggleNet has got you covered here. Mm. On May 6th, stars from Harry Potter and Fantastic Beasts movies attended the Met Gala, an annual event that aims to raise funds and celebrate the theme of the Metropolitan Museum of Art's newest exhibition. Keep reading to find out the stars. Keep reading to find out the stars <laughs> brought the magic to the pink carpet in true Wizarding World <laughs> style for this year's theme, Camp notes on fashion oh that's the other thing i know a million people probably made this joke but it's so funny to me that the theme at this thing was camp mm-hmm. uh after paying tribute to hedwig with his fantastic beast the crimes of grindelwald outfit the bar was definitely set high for ezra miller credence barebone uh met gala look speaking to vice miller aired his thoughts about this year's theme and what camp means to him the celebration of camp is almost funeral. It's almost like it dies as it walks in the room, but I think it consumes the <laughs> other as well. I think it's like fire and oxygen. Ezra, what does that mean? That's a lot of words, isn't it? It consumes the other as well. The other what? How? Miller certainly didn't disappoint wearing a pinstripe corset and cape that even Cornelius Fudge would be proud of. The main feature of this look, however, was the additional eyes on Miller's face. Some will say it's makeup, but we're sure it's magic. It's Some definitely magic. I'm really stuck on this Cornelius Fudge detail. Yeah, um, mostly I guess like maybe he wears pinstripes at some point in the movie, but I thought that he was explicitly described as not wearing uh, outlandish outfits because he was more like vernon dursley right he was like sorry this is such a nitpick for me but 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 like this is this is a no this is a harry potter fan (laughs) site writing this no yeah why why would they get the harry potter detail wrong here right right yeah (sighs) no you're not wrong you're not wrong i just i uh i this the Met Gala is it's it's something that's always kind of fun to watch everyone talk about from afar. But like now that we have this podcast, it's like, oh, this is this is related. This is this is this is. <sighs> yeah, because we, we got to talk about the celebs now. We got to talk about the celebs. I love talking about celebs. I do have something about a celeb that I actually do kind of like relatively sure. here. And then I got one. I've Oh, I've got like the duality of celebs here. This is this is a lot of celeb talk this this opener here yeah sorry everybody i know we're usually fairly anti-celeb on this podcast gossip column yeah but right we've here got... at the top <laughs> we, we have we have the yin and yang we have the, the the dark and light side of celebs here we have uh daniel radcliffe he's my favorite mm-hmm. uh he has been spotted in london maybe mm. filming something with jk rowling interesting which is a really i i don't know what that could be the um this is from bleeding cool which is like a fairly like reputable movie gossip site as far as i know um sure they they say that uh, uh a certain daniel radcliffe has been seen out and about in london's hatton gardens being perfectly pleasant but refusing selfies uh, which is fair enough should uh, and shouldn't be anything out of the ordinary. Um, and someone found him more than willing at the train station to snap a picture. Uh, but he, I guess there's like a tweet where someone says that uh, he refused and said, I'm busy filming mate. Uh, 
which is a Mm. I guess we know he is filming something. And then the other detail here, uh, interestingly, along with a number of film crew vans, someone swears they also saw J.K. Rowling on the same street, sat in a uh, stationary black Mercedes, having a chat with people who looked like they were involved in setting up some test shots. I love this detail. Just get out of the car, J.K. What's wrong? She won't tweet. She won't get out of the car. What's going on over there? Just get a little more involved if if you're there. I my okay. I feel like there's probably a way more boring answer to this, which they're they're filming some. I don't know if there's any um, anniversary specifically coming up. Maybe, but it'll be like some anniversary message thing with like J.K. Rowling and and Daniel Radcliffe or something. That's like the the I think the most reasonable answer to what this probably is. Maybe, maybe she's making him get his Patronus. <laughs> they're do- yeah they, she, she got uh what's it matthew lewis to do it she got um uh warwick davis but she's like <laughs> daniel if you don't come and do we, we talked about this last year and if you don't come and do this i will i will not cast you in the cursed child film and that's the other thing people are saying is it's either like a, a fantastic beasts edition or a cursed child teaser i i'm so enchanted with your idea of um of Sirius falling through the veil and into the Fantastic Beasts movie, I am uh, I feel like I would like to see how Harry might end up in the Fantastic Beasts movies as well. Oh my god, if they just do this as like a weird like you're like okay, I know how we I know <laughs> I know how we save this franchise is that we like Marvel movie portal these characters into another dimension like another timeline back to uh back to fantastic beasts era and we can have harry running around with with uh, newt's commander and sirius black well you know who harry could be or rather who daniel radcliffe could play is like harry's great great grandfather potter oh uh, oh the one who isn't he like the the makeup guy isn't he the, yeah. the, oh, the hair, hair product he does the he does the <laughs> He does the hair product. Oh, that would be so good. Okay. Mm, that idea is like actually too cute. Could you imagine if instead of these fucking awful action movies, we got like Newt Scamander, dorky zoologist, author, and and what's his name? Potter uh, interested in making the perfect hair cream teaming up to do some have some wacky heist adventure or something oh, i'm so much more into that and newt could go and get like exotic ingredients from from various uh various exciting locales and, yeah. and animals and things and yeah. they could test them out that'd be cute that would be so good and instead we're gonna get uh the hitler movie so thanks right Joe. but yeah i, I this is we also just like don't even know if this is true at all but i just love this this the thing that makes me believe it is the the detail about jk rowling being there sitting in a black mercedes and <laughs> like talking through the window to people is like okay that does make me believe that this probably did actually happen no one could no one could make that part up specifically i don't think except us and and i i did not send this rumor to bleeding right Pool right um do you think it could be cursed child related uh so that yeah that's the other thing and i do wonder like because cursed child just makes money hand over fists on like broadway and and in london 
and it was like the biggest like theater opening ever in like australia as well recently because they're it's opening there now too so it's huge and i can't imagine that wb hasn't at least thought about making it a movie and maybe with fantastic beasts like not being the hot thing that's like maybe their compromise with like okay jk you can keep writing your movies but we are going to make a cursed child film as well oh, that would be really interesting it would be really something if they did a cursed child movie with daniel radcliffe uh although i guess the detail about them about daniel saying that they were filming that afternoon or whatever kind of makes it seem less like a a meeting where they were talking about it and more like a one-off like some sort of interview or something boring like an interview or like it could be like a teaser for like a bigger project right like like i could imagine it being some like really simple i don't know like 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 i'm imagining like like a really drippy nostalgia filled video that they film specifically (laughs) to announce something where it's like he's shot from the back and you don't quite see who he is. And he's in like some store in London or Diagon Alley or whatever. And someone's like, Oi, don't I recognize you? And he like smiles and he's like, yeah, probably. <laughs> and then it plays like, do, 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 do. And then says coming soon or whatever, you know, like, like that kind of bullshit. Yeah. Sounds <laughs> God awful. <laughs> well, you know, that's, that's the kind of thing I could see because um, it's probably not a film like a serious film shoot right because that would mm-hmm. require uh, a much bigger crew than it sounds like was there um, rather than just like JK Rowling Daniel Radcliffe and a few camera guys but it's it's interesting um, it's much better news I would I would happily take a cursed child film uh, or oh ooh ooh I know how to tie this together. Mm. What if they got Daniel Radcliffe to play Grindelwald? Yes. I, I'm all for this. I think it's about time they just rewrite all of the Harry Potter lore. <laughs> like, just completely, I, I, yeah. Yeah, just, just, just throw it in the trash, um, and we're rewriting it, and the big twist is going to be that throughout the entire, like, like the book series, all the times that Dumbledore is like, no, Harry, you're not like Voldemort. No, you're not like Voldemort. The answer is because he was Grindelwald the whole time. <laughs> the biggest twist i mean it has about as much foreshadowing as the nagini thing right as in none sure why so, the hell not yeah why not why not just go ahead and do it the reason i bring this up is because johnny depp has not been signed on for fantastic beast 3 yet uh the morphing back into colin farrell theory gets stronger <laughs> and stronger yeah. every day if only right that would be so good but yeah he we don't know we know we don't have any specific reason why but uh, according to Cinema Blend, Johnny Depp is still currently expected to continue as Grindelwald in Fantastic Beasts 3. However, on the heels of Warner Bros. delaying the film production again, uh, finally giving the film a release date, word has come that Depp has yet to officially sign on for the 2021 movie. Uh, this is one of those anonymous source situations, so stay skeptical. Uh, that said, a source close to Johnny Depp said uh, the, uh, the actor has not been approached by the studio yet to exercise the option in his contract for Fantastic Beasts 3. The site says that Depp does have a contract through the five five film franchise, but like the rest of the stars, his option for each movie is handled separately by Warner Brothers. Interesting. I wonder if the close friend was Marilyn Manson. Was that Marilyn Manson (laughs) making that statement? (laughs) Oh my God. Oh my God. They should cast Marilyn Manson as Grindelwald. (laughs) 
imagine Marilyn yes. Manson trying to do a fucking English accent or something? Yes. Oh my yes, god. Yes, it's perfect. Um, and they can they can uh, just put this is the new shit right in the trailer for Fantastic oh, Beasts fuck. three, the soft reboot of the series. This is this, the new shit because this is the new shit. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my. Oh my God. Perfect. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I I don't know um how many of the other actors have officially signed on. I know that Newt or I keep calling him Newt. Uh, Eddie Redmayne definitely has, and so has the guy who plays Jacob. We know he's in, but everyone else, I don't know if we have like any sort of official word on. Um, but Johnny Depp not being a pro you know the guy the movie is named after not being in the sequel to that movie would be big but i'm all for it get it get him out of there please for the love of god yeah yeah i mean probably the most likely thing is that they're they have some extra breathing room before they start filming and the studio is probably like let's wait and see on yeah the legal proceedings right yeah, that's kind of what I imagine is the most likely scenario. Um, just because, you know, n- these companies don't don't operate on like what is the right thing to do. They operate on like, well, what is the thing that will make the audience that buys stuff least mad at us and most likely to keep buying stuff? That's the only way this stuff changes, right? Mm-hmm. So they they wouldn't just drop him. I don't think I think they would probably just wait and see like, well, you know, we have some time here. Maybe we can uh, see how see what happens. Yeah, that's probably the most likely thing. Yeah. Well, it would be interesting. I would I would just I would love for a recast like I I think it would both be like genuinely good for the movie and, you know, for everyone involved. But also it would just be really funny to like see how they handle it in the movie if they do it all you know like do they address it directly do they have him <laughs> transform again do they do they just not acknowledge it and just have a new guy pick it up like like when actors i really change. don't think that would be too bad i mean he no. has like a very um distinct costuming look also right. yeah yeah if they if they give him give him the same stupid faux hawk and mustache and alopecia it'll probably be fine yeah just have him kill another baby we'll know who he is (laughs) give him this oh god remember how when he walks into that house in that scene it like focuses in (laughs) on his stupid like combat boots yeah yeah god it really should be marilyn manson huh just 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 pan on up just drop him right in there his big boots then it's like hello it's me marilyn (laughs) i'm grindelwald now oh that would be so funny that would be so good uh well i think that's it for news uh is it time for us to take a look at our reading for this week yeah i'm sorry that was a great transition but you forgot one maybe maybe the most giant piece of news oh right you are right you are yeah god i forgot i have have my it's a it's a short one it's a short one but they've they well it's not a short one as <laughs> it's a tall one it's a tall order uh they finally revealed the hagrid animatronic for the hagrid's care of magical creature <laughs> fuck i can't even remember what hagrid's care of magical creatures roller coaster magic experience tour 
mm-hmm. Hollywood adventure. Motorbike adventure. Yeah. Motorbike adventure. That's right. That's what it is. Um, yeah, it is horrifying. It is it is abjectly terrifying. Uh they say that they work directly with Robbie Coltrane uh to to make it. Um, and I believe them, it looks like they killed him and stuffed him and then <laughs> and then put it uh on on the ride. I love that this was a big reveal. They even it's, teased it. They were like, we're going to reveal something really exciting next week. And this is what it was. It's so scary. They, there's a close up picture of it. That's like, they're, they're, okay, so there's two pictures. If you go to Pottermore and, and, and you take a look, so there's the one that's kind of from far away. I'm like, you can definitely tell it's an animatronic. And honestly, I wish it was easier to tell it was an animatronic. It's it maybe <laughs> the uncanniness of it is what makes it so so terrifying but like from far away you're like okay yep that's fine but then you scroll down and there's this insanely high resolution close-up photo of it and it just looks like a death mask it is terrifying it's it's very close up and it's also a picture taken like from slightly below so he's kind of like looming over you and it's really very frightening it's really frightening also his hair just looks matted it looks like he hasn't like it looks like this animatronic has been like left in the rain for a few weeks or something it's really really unpleasant it looks like it smells you know like it's really creepy yeah just like Hagrid um I'm sure it looks fine (laughs) I'm sure it looks fine um from the ride I'm not much of a I know there's been kind of a surge of of kind of like in interest in like theme parks and animatronics and things like kind of hitting yeah. the mainstream lately and i think that's really cool it's never really been kind of my thing and mm-hmm. i have to assume this is probably like a fine looking one from the context of like a ride because you're not yeah. see- you're not like you're not standing right next to it yeah looking at like it for any length of time it, probably i would assume yeah uh, uh, but these like- photos are very funny <laughs> these are the kind of thing, like this is this is uh you know there's there's always been kind of like a uh like a like a cool kind of interesting underground community of like people who like sneak into theme parks and take pictures of all these things up close like in the ways you're not supposed to see them because mm-hmm. like these things are designed to be seen like quickly in motion right like you're moving past them and and so you don't really get the time to like really study them like this mm-hmm. so them just like posting this creepy picture of this hagrid up close is really really funny to me here he is here he uh, is I-, I wonder if the roller coaster will have like a story or if it's just it, like hey uh, it look at all does. this stuff oh really I, it, I yeah i think they've said that, that like it has like you're you're helping hagrid like track down some animals that have gotten loose or something because like i think i think they even have his voice and like he talks or something like to you while you're while you're doing the, what the was the what was adventure the, what was the level in um harry potter and the sorcerer's stone for the playstation one where hagrid talks you through a task i assume it's gonna be feel like that right oh yeah you mean when when he sends you to the lava level yeah does he have like kind of a voiceover where he's like telling you what to do no it's 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 when when you look at the the tutorial signs that tell you (laughs) what the different creatures do it uh it it, he signs them all hagrid and the voice actor read (sighs) hagrid in every single one so it was like these 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 creatures will attack you if you get too close to them but but if you hit them with a flipendo (laughs) they'll stop 
Hagrid. Like it's <laughs> it, so I imagine maybe it'll be something like that. That's for what sure. I'm thinking of. So I hope I hope it's um evokes that kind of same feeling. <laughs> the the other thing about this photo, the close-up photo, is it's kind of the same angle as that really famous screenshot of the PS1 Hagrid. And it's almost oh, it like, is, isn't it? it? So it's almost like a it, like this is Hagrid on highest settings, like oh. like this is so we so we've, we've seen low settings Hagrid. This is Hagrid on the PS Five. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Very Perfect. cool. Very cool. Well, thank you for that reminder because I you know I, I did have that that special transition, but I could not. We we couldn't we couldn't do this justice. Like we we need to we needed to, to talk about scary Hagrid for sure. Yeah. But now let's do it. Let's take a look at our reading for this week. Yeah. Uh, this week we read chapter seventeen, um, which is called Educational Decree Number Twenty Four. We jump right back in with Harry, and he is feeling kind of better than he has this entire book after that meeting. Uh, the first meeting of the still unnamed defense club. Everyone kind of went around the room and complimented him. So he's feeling pretty good. He's feeling like <laughs> <laughs> he's feeling he's feeling like uh, some people believe him about Voldemort and that he can finally take action to uh, informing this defense club. His mood kind of persists until until Monday morning. Um, we get like a few little scenes of like them doing their homework and stuff over the weekend, more of a summary than anything else, but it's Monday morning. Um, and, and they're all, they're coming down from the dorms, uh, Harry and Ron, and they see everyone gathering around a notice board. Uh, and it's a notice that Umbridge has posted and it's educational decree number 24. And it's that all clubs, teams, etc. Um, must be disbanded immediately and uh, basically like anyone that wants to register a team or a club needs to take that information to Umbridge and she will uh, either she'll reinstate it at her own discretion Um, because of this Harry and Ron basically automatically assume like Umbridge must have overheard us trying to make this club they go to try to find Hermione they can't get into the door they can't get into the girls dorms uh, but Hermione uh, kind of wa- walks down, sees the decree, and Ron has kind of decided, like, oh, someone must have snitched. It was probably Zacharias or or Michael Corner or someone. Hermione says, no, that, that can't be it. I jinxed the paper they all signed. So if they had, we would know about it. They do end up resolving, like, it's too important. Um, I'm sorry, I'm hearing drilling from downstairs. <laughs> don't, no, don't worry <laughs> it, about it. It scared the shit out of me. I was like, what the <laughs> hell is that sound? <laughs> Yeah, I think they're they're replacing the cabinets down there. They're going to do the defense club anyway. Uh, it's too important. It's more important than school rules. Angelina approaches Harry and Ron and is just like on the verge of tears. She's so upset. She's like, they're not going to, like, we have to make sure that they'll give us the Quidditch team. I, you know, I'm so upset. Harry, don't you dare piss her off. We need to uh, be able to play. We also find out that the Slytherin team was like formed immediately. She gave them the the, the go ahead. We now are in Professor Bin's class, and Hedwig appears at the window. Um, she's injured uh, and has a letter. Harry doesn't check the letter at first because he's so worried about Hedwig. Um, and he like tells Professor Bin's he has to leave. He's not feeling well, and he goes to try to take Hedwig to um, Professor Grubbly Plank so that she can heal uh, Hedwig. Um, the, he does find her. Um, Grubbly Plank says that she'll be able to take care of Hedwig. Uh, McGonagall is also there, sees that Hedwig was injured, kind of puts it together that Harry was um, 
messaging uh, Sirius uh, and kind of gives him a uh, a bit of a warning, like your mail is being watched, Harry. Like, be careful. Um, let's see. Oh, she also reminds him to check the letter. Um, he's been so worried about Hedwig that he wasn't thinking about it. Um, he looks at the letter. It says same time, same place. Sirius is trying to meet him in the fire again. Um, we have uh, some time right before potions class and Neville uh, kind of almost gets into a brawl with Draco Malfoy, who is, who's kind of taunting Harry about being crazy and kind of mentions the, um, the ward in St. Mungo's where Neville's parents are. Um, Hedwig, Hedwig, Harry obviously um, hasn't told anyone about Neville and Neville doesn't know that Harry knows, but Harry, we, we basically get some exposition reminder of, of Neville's parents. Um, Umbridge is inspecting Snape's class that day. Harry is pretty distracted by trying to overhear them and ends up, um, messing up his potion and gets extra homework. Um, we get kind of an exchange between Umbridge and Snape where Umbridge is, um, asking Snape, uh, why he always applies for the defense against the dark arts job and why has Dumbledore kind of denied him. Um, Snape kind of stonewalls her and just says like, you'd have to ask Dumbledore. I don't know. Um, the next class we see is Trelawney's class. She is very upset. Um, we speculate that she has received uh, bad marks from her inspection, uh, and we don't really know what that's going to mean for her. Uh, we get another Umbridge class, um, which just kind of serves to show that Umbridge has has laid down the law. She's kind of been successful, and she's running the class the way she wants. Nobody argues with her. They just do the reading and don't get to practice any spells. Um, Angelina has submitted their request to have the Quidditch team. Umbridge is trying to decide. Um, so she's clearly holding that over, over the Gryffindors. Uh, Fred and George have perfected the vomit candy. We see a little bit of that in the common room. Um, and then the last thing we see is, uh, this, this scene where Harry talks to Sirius. Um, and it's revealed that Sirius has learned about the Defense Against the Dark Arts group. Um, they wonder who told him. Uh, we get the reveal that it was Mundungus uh, that was in the hogshead the whole time. Uh, Molly Weasley has passed along a message like, don't do the defense club. Serious, uh, reckless as always. It's like, yeah, you should do it. Then the last thing is that he suddenly has to go and um, has been chased out of the fire by a scary hand. And it was Umbridge's hand trying to grab him. That's the end of the chapter. Where has this plot been the entire time <laughs> we've been reading this book? Uh, I think they I think it's backwards. I think they put the plot in backwards. They did. I I love this reading. I this is the first time since the uh summer chapters, I think, that I've been really, really excited about this book, I think. This is this is like pitch perfect like what I like about Harry Potter in a chapter we get we get so many cool little like magic world school details we get um we get like an actual mystery we get tension it's so good yeah this was a really fun one I I think that I um reading this I got to a point where I'm just kind of ready to move on from this book's like clumsy start. And if it can just kind of hit this same stride and keep going forward like this, 
I will ignore that there was no inciting incident to make this like <laughs> to like set this in motion. Like none right. of that really makes sense and is really rocky. But I can kind of come to it with the assumption of like, I understand how it tried to get here. And now that we're here, I'm just kind of along for the ride and can enjoy that. Yeah, sure. It's it's like it's like when a show has like a rough first half of a season or whatever, but like you've still got to make good on those early episodes promises, right? Like like it's fun seeing it all click together. Um I I just I I I was I was so happy to see like characterization. I mean like like you joke about it, but like the the fact that Harry is happy because people complimented him is true <laughs> and it's really funny uh and and and, and kind of cute and like like i can see now why he is doing this because it, like one of the things that bothered me so much about this book early on is that i don't understand where harry's pride has come from because the entire conceit with his uh um you know interaction with cedric at the end of the triwizard tournament was that he had no desire to win and was so humble that he kept on telling Cedric that he deserved to win, right? Like, right. He, he's not been the proud, you know, uh, ambitious character yet, really. Um, here, we are kind of getting the, like, Slytherin traits, Harry, you know, <laughs> which I like a lot. Like, the, you know, this this desire is, you know, this ambition to be, uh, uh the, you know the, the the great hero that teaches all the students to defend themselves and and you know soak up all the the compliments and goodwill from them like i get it it's just kind of been a rocky ride getting to this point i think yeah 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 he is i i didn't really think about that uh for his slytherin traits but it is um it is very funny that he is so buoyed by like okay everyone everyone got in a circle and told me something they liked about me and that was really <laughs> that was really great yeah oh, i'll take that yeah sure it's adorable though in a way i um i really appreciate that stuff it's it's so weird though like thinking about where this chapter is in this book and like what's come before it and it is like this 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 chapter definitely has a lot of great tension in it but at the same time we know it's it's all got to be umbridge related because or and also that umbridge is up to no good because we know that already because she's already tortured harry for weeks on end in a in a weird murder detention yeah i think that something about this chapter i'm not saying that i necessarily like it but i can at least sort of understand where it was coming from a little bit more and it mostly came from the scene in Abridge's class in this chapter where everyone is just like you know they they have been beaten into submission they're right. giving her what she wants and in that way i can kind of understand this approach where she just kind of comes out swinging and and makes everyone listen to her immediately by starting out being the worst and then the rest of the story is going to be about like a secret rebellion right like you kind yeah. of have to have that ha and i and i get where that's going for i do think that it ends up reading in a very funny way because you're right like we we've had a few chapters now where she has been the teacher that does like 
torture detention and then all of a sudden we are back down to this very school-sized problem where it's like is she gonna let us do our like play in the quidditch tournament yeah Um, i love not the gobstones club i know i love the size of the problem in this chapter i think that's what really really works for me i because this is a this is a school story still and that's kind of like I have had to ask myself a lot reading this, like, what do I want out of a Harry Potter story? And typically a story about trauma, a story about political intrigue is not what I want. I want like (laughs) school problems. And so when it's, when it's like Angelina wants Harry not to get in an argument with Umbridge because they want to play Quidditch, that's this kind of size of problem that I enjoy a lot more. Yeah. It's, and it's, um, if it's, it makes the uh, the like size of like their response to the problem almost comedic, and like that works for me so much better because the the grim like well someone's gonna break into the school and kill us oh my god thing <laughs> has as you know as we've talked about for multiple episodes is is lacking because there's like you said there's no inciting incident there's no there's nothing that like makes that response seem reasonable but by downscaling the problem that they're responding to it kind of makes it kind of funnier like oh (laughs) the teacher won't let us play the sport we like and and i and uh is clearly lording it over us in favor of the of the mean and class is so boring (laughs) and class is so boring we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do cool fight club instead to (laughs) Like, like that is so much better, I think, as a premise than than this sort of nebulous, like, well, if Voldemort breaks into the school, we've got to be uh, we've got to be prepared. And I'm just also thinking about how, like, it's so stupid that they end up being right by the end of the books and like the entire wizard world converges on Hogwarts for a Lord of the Rings battle. <sighs> Why? Why would he care about Fuck. Hogwarts? I know it's because he has like an emotional tie to it but that just makes him sound like a dummy but again like that's that's (laughs) the other thing is like it's so it's so hard to buy into that like okay Voldemort's gonna take his army and attack the school but that almost seems to take it into this realm of like politics when the story is of a size that Harry has been dealing with Voldemort trying to murder him specifically you know for the last four books and now i'm like what's different (laughs) yeah 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 i i just like i said the smaller stakes are great um and also the the, like the the small whispers of the bigger scarier plot that do appear in this chapter i think are that much spookier for that like it's all very school-sized problems until hedwig has actually been like injured you know Mm -hmm. and like like there's some real like emotional stakes there for harry um you know we have we have uh serious you know he's part of the the actual big rebellion uh and uh you know he he's risking his neck and to to talk to harry and stuff like there's some there's some stuff that that uh that kind of it's the balance has shifted i think that that's what it is this chapter like like kind of like has restructured the balance of the stakes in Mm -hmm. a way that has finally made this story work for me 
Yeah, I, I really like that way of thinking about it. Um, because you're right, all of those bigger things that are happening are a lot scarier. They're a lot less just a character telling me about something scary that's happening that I should care about. Mm-hmm. Um, the Hedwig being interesting was great. Um, I loved that Harry cared about it. Yeah. I, that's such a silly thing to point out, but I was like, oh, he's really upset. Um, yeah, and, it's and sweet. It's, and it's like doing doing the right thing to solve that problem, too. Um, Grubbly Plank is now my new favorite character. She rocks. I love Again, her. Who who needs Hagrid? That's my, like, like, Grubbly Plank is a hero. She's a good teacher. She's very caring. And she's saved Hedwig. Like, yeah. like what is there to dislike? Hagrid who? What, what, yeah. who, who even is that guy? <laughs> Thank you. I don't know him. Fair Magical Creatures teacher. <laughs> I also uh, like that she was hanging out with with McGonagall. Yeah, I want oh, I want to know what they are talking about. I want to hang out with McGonagall and Grubbly Plank. What are they up to? Hell yeah! But uh, yeah. So that's kind of like the the, the like the over, my overarching thoughts about just like the structure of this chapter and like like what it does for the story and it's kind of like rescuing the story in a way. Um, but. I kind of want to go back and, and like start and walk through the chapter because it's also just filled with so many good little details. Sure. Like, yeah. Like, uh, you know, the, the, the decree itself is really funny. Uh, I want to know what the previous 23 educational decrees are. It's such uh, a good joke. It's, it's such an early Harry Potter joke. Yeah. It's like the, the, it's number 24 and we haven't heard any of the others, but it's, it's, I, I, I enjoy this villain umbrage. Yes. Yeah, her just being like the 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 like teacher lording over the students and abusing her her leadership powers is so much funnier than her being the actual torturer or whatever, you know. Mhm. Um what did you think about the uh the do- the dorm alarm? Uh, I think that part could be just cut out. I don't know why that's there. <laughs> it's a little much, I think. Is it? Although, is it just there for to be a joke? Is it? Is I was what I was trying to figure out about it was, um, is it there to try to solve a future problem? Yeah, I think that's explicitly what it is because if I remember right, and maybe this is just me inventing this completely, but I swear this might come up in the fucking battle of hogwarts like they climb up the girl's dorm thing and like fenrir grayback or somebody like can't get to them or something because he slides there's gotta be something like that i have a really hard time believing that harry would learn about this for the first time in his fifth year (laughs) that's that's the other thing this is this is something that like really casts a pall over like my image of their friendship have they never tried to hang out with hermione before like they've been they've been in the same common room and dorm (laughs) for for five years you're telling me that like they've never they've never tried to visit her in her dorm or whatever that seems a little far-fetched she comes in like every christmas to their dorm right yep it it just seems so weird. And, and there are ways of introducing new information to a reader in a way that isn't new information to the characters. The characters yeah. So I don't know why it is always presented that way. Because I just I just don't believe that 
they've lived here for five years and Fred and George haven't tried to like trick the stairs at oh, any right. point. Yeah, like, like trick what? onto the stairs or something. Yeah. I, I will say though, I do really like the detail of Hermione sliding down to meet them while, like while talking. Like that's yeah, kind of cute. It has some cute imagery. Um, I, I think that Hermione's character is completely lost, though. I don't understand what it's supposed to be. Her explaining the situation, like, the way she says it is so weird. Um... Yeah. One thing I really don't like in this chapter, uh, it's kind of like my my one kind of sticking point here, is Hermione's big, like, like, at the beginning of the Hogwarts part of this story i thought the story was going to be about ron is abusing his prefect powers and hermione is trying to uphold like the like you know the the the, the good version of the prefect right like she's mm-hmm. gonna follow the rules and be honorable or whatever and like that's gonna be their main conflict uh that's completely gone out the window because she is now doing cool spy shit and like writing getting people to write their names on secret paper to to tell her if someone's snitching which i think is a cool like that is a cool addition to the plot i think but it is so weird that she's just kind of like nonchalant like oh no i enchanted this this paper that 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 yells at me if someone snitches like like no one quite no one goes like holy shit hermione what like it's it's so minor but it really bothers me from a her character perspective that she didn't just tell them that that's what she was doing and be like yeah "Yeah, like yeah sign this but you know you have to mean it because i just tell me like there's no going back yeah like i I believe that she would do that yeah yeah i believe that she would use that paper but she would probably tell people up front that makes sense that's a little weird um but i uh i I do think that that, like i said like the scene where like they're sliding down and talking is kind of funny um the uh the scene with angelina and harry is so good too angelina gets so much screen time in this book i did not remember her being this major a character at all yeah i like her a lot i actually really enjoyed the detail of her being very emotional about quidditch yeah it's it's, she's such a fun uh uh stand or like not stand in you know she's literally the replacement i guess for for, but for oliver wood who was never really that much of a character until the third book Mm -hmm. um and it's nice having that character like carry forward in some sense like it's not the same character but we do have someone like above harry who is like you know the the more knowledgeable quidditch player who is like even more passionate about it than he is and like like introducing that as like a um uh another angle for the story to you know another direction for him to be pulled in is 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 always i I, i've i've always enjoyed that stuff i I don't care about quidditch at all myself i've always liked when the characters care about quidditch yeah it's actually something that um i as a characterization thing i'm actually really enjoying that harry can understand these huge stakes right the stakes of a war and he'll he he still crosses that line with umbridge right like that's still Mm -hmm. not enough to make him not 
uh, not mouth off to Umbridge in class, but he's actually more willing to go along with smaller stakes issues, right? <laughs> well, like, yeah. like he is more willing to, uh, like get himself under control to deal with the issues that are like age appropriate for him. If that yeah, makes sense. Well, it's, 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 it's like the characters have to put things in terms that he understand. That's, uh, su- that's such a 15 year old thing to me. Yeah. Right. Like, like there, the, something more abstract is not going to, um, make a lot of sense or like maybe make a, make a 15 year old do like, the right thing necessarily but like they're they're gonna get it a little bit more when you put it on their terms you know weirdly enough this retroactively makes me think some of his like rambo speech stuff it like (laughs) makes it work better for me because it 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 comes off more as like bluster in a lot of ways Uh and like you know he 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 can talk the talk you know he knows what it sounds like to be uh uh traumatized by war or whatever you know or like you know by by these crazy events but he is still the kid who like at 11 years old uh you know got the sorcerer's stone or whatever so he's probably like more hardened than he thinks he is at this point (laughs) uh and and i really like this idea of him uh you know not like play acting is the wrong word because like clearly his his thoughts and feelings about like the cedric situation are very real but he is acting out in such a theatric way and it is still not really dawning on him the importance of the situation that order of the phoenix is in versus when something that matters directly to his life quidditch is taken away from him and like then he truly get like that that's just sort of a fun aspect to his character now that i'm i'm appreciating more in retrospect now that we've ha- had this chapter sort of fix everything in a weird way yeah i feel like we're being a little bit generous to it uh it's still, but sti- I, but it's still do, very silly but i do really i i like that idea that it's like when he is talking about the war talking about his you know uh his very serious issues he is kind of like following the script of what of what that should look like or what he because other characters have done that around him right like like he's 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 you know he's heard serious talk about being an azkaban and stuff like he's he's been around that stuff so he's yeah i mean he's probably he's probably um been in the room with uh dudley watching rambo right (laughs) yeah he's oh my god yeah he's 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 definitely watched point break not with the malfoys obviously but uh but one day they will you know when they're when they've put their differences aside they'll they'll come together and say you know it is really cool in point break when they have all the weird president masks on <laughs> fire their guns in the air uh, and we and we can't forget about the day that um snape got in front of the class and said you know they don't want me to show you this uh but i want you to know what the real world is like and he he screened uh, saving private ryan uh, <laughs> right, right before cool, winter break he, he he was the bravest teacher i ever knew he showed us he showed us we were soldiers <laughs> He didn't even fast forward through the part where the guy's legs get napalmed. What a badass. <laughs> Thank you, Snape. Oh, um, uh, but yeah, the, uh, the, the, uh, maybe this is just me. I am a bird lover, but I was, I was so, uh, I was, I was upset by the head, the Hedwig scene. Ah, uh, just practice for what's to come. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but it, it it you know it was it was cute harry cared again harry harry having things that he knows how to care about happening to him is good for his character but uh, i also really like these gargoyles that are outside the staff oh room. my They're god just... i freaked out when i read about the gargoyles like, i want to know like, more it, it, I want to I want to hang out with the gargoyles some more. I hope they show up more because they're they're great. They're just okay. sort of wait, wait, hold on a second because this is a good example of Harry us being introduced some for some gargoyles for the first time and mm-hmm. Harry having clearly already met these gargoyles in the past. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, uh th- you know, this isn't new to him, but it's new to us and it's fun information. <sighs> but but they're so good. Uh, also, I this is a I, I I forgot to check this before getting in, but I have highlighted here Sunny Jim. It says here you should mm-hmm. be in class, Sunny Jim. One of the gargoyles said. I thought Sunny Jim was like S O N N Y Jim, like diminutive Sunny Jim, not Sunny as in the sun, which it has here. Is that? Is that just me or or is that specific to this book? Uh, I think that I've always thought of it as like you're being sunny. It's like a sunny personality. Oh, hmm. But I, then again, sunny I don't think I've gym. ever seen it written other than right now. I'm looking. I'm looking this up now. What the. OK, Sunny Jim. Humorous or patronizing way. Oh, but there's also Sonny Jim with the U, who was the mascot for cereal in like the late 1800s. So maybe it is. Maybe I. Yeah, you're right. Maybe it is Sonny Jim with the U. I always thought it was Sonny Jim, like diminutive, like, like kind of condescending. But it sounds uh, like it could be both. Yeah. Well, you learn something new every day. And I wish we could learn something new about these gargoyle talking to Harry here because they're just so funny. I'd love I'd love gargoyles in front of the staff room <laughs> right yeah like like do they just like yell at the students if they go in there are they all and are they an alarm system like what are they there for they're just I, like I, they're I, just sarcastic gargoyles i love that yeah it's great this is this is the kind of like hogwarts detail that i love uh, uh we, we haven't really gotten much of this kind of thing in this book yet um i think the last like major thing we got was like circa duggan in in uh book three and he's he's I mean, he's hard to top. Circa Duggan is a is an excellent character, but I, I love just the weird stuff that's in Hogwarts. And I, I always it's always a treat when we find something out like that. Yeah, I really liked that this one was just like uh, like a detail that was happening because like Circa Duggan was was like kind of a plot thing. And I love that this is just in here for the texture of the world that we're in. Yeah. And they're like they're like joining in the conversation like uninvited but like the t- you know like grebly plank and mcgonagall and harry are all talking and like the gargoyles are just interjecting and like being like being sassy in the background it's very funny it's that's, very charming that stuff is very sweet and is like that kind of stuff really brings me back to what i like about these books i guess it's, it's just that kind of whim- whimsical um uh thing about like being at hogwarts where you're you are somewhere that feels alive and it's sad that it's so lacking sometimes because this chapter was just like jam-packed with that stuff 
yeah like you said there's the educational decree with like what are the other 23 there's um there's these guys there's i mean there's just like more low level interactions with the professors like i love i love that like we you know the implication here is that that they were hanging out in the staff room like i want to know uh you know like not in the sense that it's necessary for the story but like i you know i, I it it makes me wonder about the things that happen in the story and like that engages me and gets me interested in the characters in the world and stuff like oh yeah the, the you know these characters i like hang out when the story is not happening you know like mm -hmm. like they they don't exist just for harry uh and that's always it's always nice when you get like a sense that the world is lived in you know yeah uh i love the um uh the snape scene too that's a big uh that that's a I, I like that harry has like forgotten his determination to be good at potions already like one class later <laughs> i love the inspections too that's been yeah. a really fun a fun thing that is an opportunity for us to see a bunch of classes yeah yeah it's 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 cute and also i there's a great line here about like harry not knowing who to root for like because uh -huh. it's it's like two least favorite teachers going at it and like it's fun seeing snape be so shitty back to to umbridge while she's being shitty to him and like there, this is another place too where like the um like the hints of like the broader uh uh more serious story happening in the background uh shows up in a really interesting way because like you harry you know whose side you should be on it's snape because he's in the damn like <laughs> rebellion group that you're all a part of um but he's more concerned with snape being rude to him sometimes so like I mean, yeah, I mean, that's Harry, that's Harry again, caring more about his problems on his terms. And I love that. I love yeah. that stuff. And I, I just can't get over like how um, smart it is to set up these inspections that we get. Like, of course, it's a great idea to bounce the villain off of each of these individual teachers and then see that mm -hmm. through Harry's eyes. Yeah, that's so easy yeah the scene with neville is really good too like um that that's i i'd forgotten that harry knew about the uh the saint mungo's thing but that came up because of uh uh, uh crouch jr being the one that tortured neville's parents and stuff mm -hmm. and like there's some good callbacks here that are really really good and i like harry there, it's, it's interesting that you know you um uh you know you, you, we were just talking about how harry is viewing the story like only in the terms that he you know in the terms that he cares about and it's funny uh that um he kind of goes out on a limb for neville here mm -hmm. uh in a, in a selfless way that is both very sweet and also like feels like it um might be sort of unconscious on his part because that's not his typical behavior um but it's 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 like the kind of behavior he's going to have to learn i'm assuming like throughout the rest of this book uh is to like think about what other people feel about things and what they need from him you know yeah yeah i, I do like the neville stuff and i i'm routinely surprised by how much neville has been in the story 
yeah 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 he's a major character in a lot of ways which i you know it's i like neville a lot as a character so that's always a treat um oh also i gotta say there's another mention of you know hermione knowing that that uh that trelawney's a fraud or whatever but trelawney is so good in this chapter her her theatrics (laughs) are so funny here i love her she's so good just uh her 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 interaction with um with the patils or or, no it's it's party and uh and lavender brown um where they ask her something's wrong and she goes on this weird like oh no i'm not mad like like rant is so good someone asks her specifically but professor who's insulting you the establishment said professor trelawney in a deep dramatic wavering voice i love that i'm so on her side here she is being attacked by the establishment she is yeah but i i I love i love her here and i I, you know i feel sorry for her here um but it's a very very funny scene that's his character now what's up with that i actually don't know like i'm just almost like just on board with that now Uh, there's like the part where he's just like openly mocking trelawney during this scene and i am just like yeah you're the bully character now so i'm I'm like coming all the way back around on it where it's just like now he's in this space of occupying like the bully archetype but it's the same thing as 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 harry right like it's it's much funnier to read ron being kind of like being kind of a a dickhead and like a really low level than it is for him like talking about how slavery is fine and stuff yes like yes like like it's 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 almost the same transition that malfoy went through where like in book one and two malfoy was like like race race scientist yeah like yeah like race scientist uh evil like outright evil racism guy and then in book three he was just sort of like being a dick to to hagrid and like like you know making fun of harry for fainting when he saw a dementor <laughs> and like that that works so much better it's similar here for ron when ron's just being kind of a jackass about a teacher he doesn't like and, and being mean that's a lot more fun to read than him saying that like elves don't deserve salaries right <laughs> like it's 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 a lot it's a lot i don't know just more pleasant and like 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 the right size for these characters i guess yeah Uh, i just it kills me because it's like when when the story is the right size it's so good yeah it's so it's it's so often misses the mark yeah and i mean if anything this just highlights just how detrimental becoming a, a like espionage story really has been for these books right like Mm because now we're back to like school problems and it's like oh these are still the same characters like everyone's here every you know everyone's recognizable and like you know behaving the way i know they should it's just so much more palatable because it's problems that make sense for them yeah um the umbridge class has my my least favorite thing about this chapter Mm. and it is the uh, the like what the chapter that they're reading that i think i'm supposed to be outraged about Mm. it's called the case for non-offensive responses to magical attack 
<laughs> oh right. And I feel like I feel like the way that that's dropped in the book is like this. Like I'm supposed to read that and be just like really pissed. Yeah. Like how dare how dare Umbridge? How, <laughs> how dare Umbridge teach them de-escalation or whatever? Right. Like. Yeah, that's a little weird. I didn't even catch that. That's that's an interesting detail. Yeah, I I don't think that works. Uh, the Umbridge class is good. Like I I I I like like you said earlier. I like that they've sort of had how to behave like drilled into them here, and they're not take you know they they are defeated, and they're just gonna t- take it out on her, you know through their like secret defense class instead like like that that's cool I yeah like that i think i think that that, that. the scene i was just like i finally kind of get it i, I don't mm-hmm. think it was executed very well but i do no, get getting what here it's was trying a... to trying to say yeah getting here was kind of a slog but now that we are here i'm into it right like mm-hmm. that it, it makes more sense um I am also speaking of things that like like feel a lot more like correctly scaled now are I I like the scene where Fred and George have perfected their their vomiting and not vomiting candies um <laughs> especially because it just means that they've just invented ipecac like like do wizards not have that do wizards not have stuff that makes you makes you barf I, routinely uh laughing at all of the new inventions that we get to see in these books because it just this to me is like an omen for sword spell why yes (laughs) why 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 are wizards in like i don't know what year this is supposed to be um this is is like like 94 like wow we just discovered vomit uh and and just 10 years ago we invented sword spell (laughs) what (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah, the, the, like, all-important combat spell being invented, I mean, this is the same as the, like, um, like, the, the, the memos thing in the ministry, right? Like, like, wait, you just, like, this (laughs) year upgraded to memos instead of, like, owls shitting everywhere or whatever? Like, like, funny joke, but hang on a minute, like... That's very funny. I, I guess that the one thing this has on Ipecac is that there's like a, a stop vomiting uh, pill or whatever. Yeah, but like, you you know, you just take one spoonful or whatever and you get it out of your system and then then you're done and you're out of class still, right? Like, the, uh, yeah, this sounds like it's just con- continuous projectile vomit until you shove the other candy in there which is really funny image like it's it's i'm not knocking this like concept it's just really funny thinking about like they've fred oh no i've just had a really really dark realization here what fred and george are silicon valley juicero guys now as well They've they've invented us a very complicated solution to a problem that was already solved. Oh God, friend, friend, <laughs> friend honestly, George, you're inventing Hyperloop. Honestly, that's the Netflix show I want to see. Netflix original series, um, and it's just like a comedy about like Fred and George, and they're just like stupid Silicon Valley. <laughs> like wizard, silicon valley wizards yeah oh my god the, yeah the, 
that would be so good because like so much of the wizarding world is sort of like that anyway and that it's like there's all these magical versions of 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 things that like you know there are very quite simple muggle solutions for and like that that is cute but like them taking it a step further and like inventing solutions for things that have already been solved by magic is a really fun idea certainly certainly snape knows how to make a potion that'll make you vomit and certainly he has a potion that will make you stop vomiting right right yeah he has a we know he has antidote potions for sure he's threatened to use uh, <laughs> uh poisons and antidotes on students in in this book uh like so yeah the the idea that like you need a, a special candy for this or whatever is very very funny ah <sighs> Yeah, I am pretty sure this just like really is going to end up leaning into Fred and George's uh, brilliant uh, innovator character thing. Uh, I'm looking forward to our first tour of the Wizard Wheezes shop where we get to see oh, other God, love yeah, is potions. That, is that in the... Oh, mm, Doesn't the oh, shop oh, fly also? Mm. Am I making that up? uh i don't remember <laughs> it definitely doesn't in the movie but who knows uh i might, be, movie, I might be making that up in the I'm, movie <laughs> it's got this like fucked up looking like like animatronic george at the top I, I feel like in my head i turned um the the joke shop into like a steampunk airship <laughs> and i don't know why holy shit could you imagine though <laughs> oh what if fred and george were steampunk guys if anybody listening to this knows if there's like a well-known fan fiction where they had their shop as like a steampunk airship please dm me because i don't know where this I, idea has come from i'm just fucking imagining <laughs> this like this like oh there's like some there's like some wizard in a village somewhere who's like oh i wish i could I wish I could get out of of going to the the village fair or whatever. I'd rather stay home and, and take a nap. And this fucking airship appears, and Fred and George like fly down a fire pole in these stupid like top hats, and they're like, "Ah, we've got something for you, sir. We've got the we've got the the vanishing the the vomiting candy." Take, that is what they the are. Morning. They're going to be like traveling snake oil salesmen with their giant steampunk airship, and they're. I, that- I, the, their costuming is honestly perfect for that from the movies. Yeah, yeah, this is perfect. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> We're going. I'm going back on and forth on whether I like or hate Fred and George more than any other characters right now. But the idea of them uh, going on on stupid steampunk airship adventures uh, kind of into this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think that's much uh, better than um prank youtubers so i guess they're moving up in the world yeah well you know they can do prank youtube god they can be like linus tech tips where they like where they run a store and they do pranks advertising their products uh so it's like kind I mean, of they, a, yeah i guess their products are literally pranks so yeah so they can they, you know they can prank people they have a thriving youtube <laughs> channel and then and then you know if you thought this was funny uh click the link in the description below and you can buy your own uh uh a horrible roofie potion or whatever the fuck like like that that's a do you remember that's a dark synergy do you, do you remember of 
course you do. The the video of Jake Paul, uh, the prank that he had to apologize for when he like pretended to kill himself in front of all those children. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Are you talking about the Jake Paul video that actually fucking rocks? Yes. Uh, the- <laughs> yes. And there, that there's, the, there's that kid that like sees him do it and then just like dabs. Yeah. It's- that's like the one good Jake Paul thing. <laughs> I, I just, I have such a strong mental image of that but instead of jake paul in like that like high-rise hotel it's fred and george rolling up in their steampunk airship <laughs> this is some very oh, cursed God. content this I don't is like so that. good <laughs> i've said too much you know everyone talks about snape it's like oh you know was snape a good guy or a bad guy but like i think that honestly that conversation is much more applicable to fred and george yeah can we please divert all of that just into like the fred and george debate i'm much more yeah, interested yeah, in our, that <laughs> yeah our friend our friend and george you know they're they're you know they're they're not entirely good they're not entirely bad they're they're uh they're they're more like real people uh and that's what makes them so fascinating and then i get like 500 upvotes and uh and and reddit gold i think that like revisiting these um these books like fred and george are not really characters i mean they're around for no. sure but they they provide a lot more um for for raw like context for ron's character and all of that um but mostly they just kind of pop in to mostly like have some sort of background joke that has very little to do with with them as people um and so when i'm i, I like in reading these the more and more i like see those posts about how like the human tragedy of fred dying and i just like i'm having this like huge disconnect from how they are and they just like are popping up and it's like oh this in this scene they're they're showing up in the chapter because they're like torturing salamanders and in this one they're feeding roofies to first (laughs) years like i i'm i I have a hard time feeling like that's gonna have much of an emotional impact on me it's like if peeves died (laughs) yeah it's like oh darn I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like he was funny. I wish he would stick around, I guess. Uh yeah, it's it's very funny. I I I am con they're 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 moving around and they're they're moving target. I can't tell if they're if I love these characters or hate them, but they are popping up enough in this book that I'm like starting to appreciate their dumb antics here, I guess. Yeah. That's yeah. fair. I, I think that in, in this case, um they set a fun scene for the common room like more more of that stuff where there is there is other stuff happening yes that makes the setting feel alive i think they're very good for that here yeah it's similar to the gargoyles it's just like here's a here's an example of like this world is more than just harry ron and hermione right Mm -hmm. like and it's also i i like that it's uh it's like a really funny scene right before uh kind of a spooky scene uh stuff. uh, when uh when sirius arrives in the in the fire i i overall really enjoy this scene my one problem with it is that i'm really bothered this is the the same sort of thing that keeps popping up and and maybe maybe you have a different read of the situation um but where like a character has to fulfill a different role in the story so they come up with like the most bullshit reason that their idea has changed and and then the story for some reason draws attention to it. Like in this case, um, Harry's like, so you don't want me to do the defense group either. And Sirius is like, no, of course I want you to. 
And then he decides to explain why his position is different than it was in Goblet of Fire. And he says, in he's like, he might as well just say, like, oh, well, in Goblet of Fire, there was someone in the school trying to kill you. And in, right, in yeah. this one, it's different for some reason. I just don't buy it. Uh, I I don't buy it. I think you're right. I think the one thing that i i think does work about it and like maybe this is just a super generous read um but i like this is another like this is a character in 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 a more indirect way similar to like the neville scene uh but uh showing harry that there's a difference between like like looking out for your own interests and looking out for everyone else's interests right mm-hmm. and, and Sirius is looking at it uh from an uh, from like the opposite angle whereas it's, it's to, to Sirius, looking out for everyone's interests is uh teaching them how to do the gun spell uh in case voldemort shows up um whereas like mcgonagall has been telling him you've got to think about what everyone else you know is doing and and not rock the boat while the adults do the actual rebellion thing right um so I, I i like it from that perspective but you are dead on the money and that he is only doing that to serve that purpose in the story not because it's his character right like yeah like it, I, it's it's a weird one because i don't think i would have even really noticed if he didn't specifically draw attention to it or rather if the story had yes. hadn't been like hey look at this um i think like another maybe a generous read of the situation would be like when he was advising Harry in book four, he was free, right? He was in like a, like in a tropical Island doing whatever he wanted. So he didn't maybe feel the need to live vicariously through Harry. Like he does now. And he's like, he is contained and is following orders from somewhere else. And is clearly like projecting and externalizing his own problem. Um, So, so there's, there is that. I just, it, it felt like a like very that. out of nowhere, like, hey, hey, reader, if you noticed that his position has yeah. completely changed, here's why. Yeah. Out of all the things that this book has, like, refused to lampshade, this one is a weird one to go out of its way to lampshade, I guess. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't 100% buy that. I do like that read, though. Like, like, that one makes a lot more sense and could probably be left subtextual you know without the characters having to say hey wait a minute explain your characterization to me yeah because like his explanation isn't very good whereas if someone if we had been talking about it and that line hadn't been there that might have been what i came up with rather than having to kind of work at it backwards from his kind of garbage explanation or even like like i mean i know we've complained about hermione fitting this role but it would at least fit here because she's done it already in this book but like when you know in a separate conversation later have harry be like you know it's weird that Sirius, uh you know has kind of flip-flopped on like you know whether he wants me to keep my head down or not and have hermione say like yeah well his situation is different now yeah you know like having a conversation these other characters could have uh, rather than asking you should i just feel like a, a good writing rule of thumb is you should never just have a character say exactly how they're feeling <laughs> at all times right like like you, you, that's that's boring it's a boring story you can't just have your character declare what their characterization is for you yeah i mean also like people are oftentimes wrong about that too like if you if you're relying on like knowing what a character is feeling because they are telling it to you 
that is characterizing them as being very you need all of your characters to be very introspective and very emotionally intelligent right. yeah you're okay all 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 your characters have their shit completely together <laughs> uh yeah which as we all as we all know Sirius with dog brain uh definitely has his <laughs> shit completely together I really did like this scene, though. Um, obviously, the podcast got a, um, a shout out from Sirius yeah! himself uh, saying, why don't you guys meet up at the Shrieking Shack? Um, so we hear we hear you. We appreciate that. Yeah, I might have to dig around in the audiobooks now for uh, some Jim Dale. Saying uh, how about soundboard. the Shrieking Shack? Yeah, I'm sure yeah, there's a lot of really good Shack? stuff there. Um, but this, 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 uh, this reveal of like Umbridge has been watching the, the flu networks thing is really cool and spooky. She's scary. Like, She's so much scarier scary. like that than she is in the torture detention. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's it, in a way it's similar to like the characterization thing where we're like, I, I would much rather see characters doing shifty things than just like immediately sitting down with a character and having them lay out their like <laughs> it's like, oh, it's like okay i'm gonna torture you now harry well yeah all right yeah like okay i guess i know what this character's deal is then right yeah exactly like like it's 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 nice to kind of ratchet things up as needed you know mm-hmm. um there's this is also this is the most minor detail i think i'll maybe ever pick up on and talk about in in one of these books sure but I have to say, I really like the description of, like, when they're talking, Sirius, like, his head in the fire, like, leans his head against the side of the hearth. <laughs> like, he's bored or whatever. Because uh-huh. that's a really... Oh, oh, and also starts spinning at one point. Like, he's spinning around. He's resting his head against the... Like, he's fucking bored, right? He's fidgeting. It's really uh, good. It 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 is such a good picture of him yeah it's a really vivid it's a really vivid image that didn't even need you know it didn't need to be there it's it's just a little throwaway detail but it's very cute and like it's it's funny comparing it to the the goblet of fire fireplace scenes which just say you know his head was in the fire his head appeared in the fire Mm -hmm. like now we're getting like acting you know like like stage direction for like what his head's doing and it's it's cute yeah yeah i i loved this chapter it's good right like it's it's just like the 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 it's hitting on all cylinders the character stuff is right the uh the school level mystery is there the broader political story is there just enough to add flavor it has like all the little like hogwarts life details like the gargoyles and and the fred and george stuff that like give it a sense of of life it just it's just it's just doing everything good about harry potter in one chapter and we've been also it helps too i think that we've been we've been like deprived of this stuff for so long in this book that it's just like it's just it's a it's an oasis in the desert it's it's been it's a really really fun chapter i was very surprised yeah well let's take a break and we will be back with some more umbrage content Mm. 
hello and welcome back uh we are in the midst of uh umbridge season in uh in order of the phoenix umbridge palooza uh, umbridge palooza everyone's favorite character uh the professor everyone loves to hate and uh you know as i mentioned earlier in the show uh we've recently been uh checking out MuggleNet, which is a site you know similar to the leaky cauldron uh, a really old, uh, uh, established, hallowed, if you will, fan site mm-hmm. um, that has so much old content. It is so good. Um, and I, I, you know, a, a couple weeks ago, we we read that uh, very weird Osama article, uh, <laughs> which was has gotten me hooked on on these like old editorials and stuff uh and i've gone back and found some uh a couple of uh umbridge related articles from 2004 great uh, i have found a couple a, you know uh, uh, a couple of umbridge related articles from more recently from 2013 uh and it's there's quite a transformation i guess i will i will say in like you know what kind of content is a site pumping out like while the series exists versus years after the series has ended that's very exciting um did you read MuggleNet a lot as a a kid and teen no no i um i if i ever was like looking for harry potter content i think it was leaky cauldron that i was i was reading generally I went on MuggleNet quite a bit because they did um they did at least one point if I'm remembering correctly they did host um fan art and like fan works uh for a while and then obviously there were the the forums I think they were probably the biggest biggest Harry Potter forums and I I did not post um but I was certainly a, a lurker on those on those boards that are now gone forever yeah yeah it's uh i'm i'm so sad that that the forums and whatnot are just gone but i am glad that at least for now we can go back to 2004 and uh and read such incredible articles as dolores umbridge eviler than voldemort Mm, nope well, this is by MuggleNet. Uh, I don't know if the... So when it says by MuggleNet, I'm not sure if that means it was like a staff editorial or if just like in the, you know, shuffle of changing websites back and forth and whatnot, um, you know, the, the original information has gotten lost. But this is credited to MuggleNet. Um, so I will take this as, uh, uh, you know, the website staff speaking as a whole here. Sure. There's nothing that says evil quite as well as him who must not be named. Sure, Voldemort is evil and all, what with the red eyes and black cloak and skin the same shade as that of your average mist player. And the murder. And the murder. D- I would also d- like to say- Did they forget about murder? Did they forget about murder? I would just like to say, uh, even in 2004, I feel like a dig at mist is a little dated. <laughs> Yeah, yeah honestly like i think that it's like come back around like i think now would be a great time to take a dig at mist like just... like it's so it's so vintage at this point that that's just like a deep cut but in 2004 <laughs> you're in like this weird middle ground and it's just mm, 
I don't Mist, know. Mist was ten years old in ninety in in two thousand four. I think. I think that came out in like ninety four. Yeah, something so like that's, that. That's what. That's a weird. That's a weird dig. Uh, speaking of weird digs, I'm trying to figure out what this one means. But he's no comparison to the evil of intolerance, bureaucracy. Oh wait, no. Okay, I'm very dumb. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm so dumb. I'm gonna cut that out. But uh. But uh. No. <laughs> you'll see uh but he's no comparison to the evil of intolerance bureaucracy and insincerity that is donald ruh i mean dolores jane umbridge okay here's my i did not know who the fuck donald r u dot 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 (laughs) and then i remembered wait this is 2004 donald rumsfeld 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 professor umsfeld is here uh, I won't cut that out. I will leave my shame in there, uh, and I will carry on. Okay, but Voldemort does represent. He is intolerance. That's his whole thing, right? I He's... like. Yeah, I guess he doesn't have bureaucracy. That's true. <laughs> really got him there. <laughs> he could have done with some bureaucracy, honestly. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he. I think he dabbles in bureaucracy in like the seventh book. Yeah, maybe. <sighs> here we go i found very few female villains to truly crow about in my time indeed <laughs> of all the great villains i've seen in movies and read about in books there are few females that truly elicit fear and loathing read apart another from... book please yeah jesus <laughs> apart from maybe the queen alien <laughs> like, damn it's true like, i mean the alien queen is pretty fucking cool i gotta admit but uh but uh no Kaiser Soze, no Amon Goeth, not even a pinhead to be found amongst those lacking the Y chromosome. This is so 2004. <sighs> yeah, it is. Two stand out, however. Annie from Misery. Yeah, sure. Good sure. movie. Okay. Uh, and Nurse Ratchet from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Okay. Uh, it's the same character, but sure. <laughs> Annie, played to perfection by Kathy Bates, is girly, insincere, a fan of those nauseating chick trinkets like porcelain kittens and completely psychotic. Yeah, chick fuck, trinket? Yeah, fuck those trinkets. A chick trinket. That is a... That's, that's a quite the one. phrase. I've not heard that before. If you haven't seen the movie and you wince every time you kick your shin against something, well, don't watch it because the Cruciatus curse has nothing on that mallet scene. Is references to misery also feel really outdated in 2004 that I know for a while misery was like the, Ooh, this is the, this is a fucked up movie like joke for a while. But I think by 2004, wasn't saw out at that point. Like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> uh, if you're reading Miss Bates, please pr- play Umbridge in Order of the Phoenix because you'd be perfect. Oh, this is before the movie, huh? I heard I didn't think about that. Uh, Nurse Ratchet, one of uh, cinema's great villains, is cold, feminine, and cruel. Both characters are based on literary figures, and the portrayals of these roles have won Best Actress awards at the Oscars before they turned lame. What? Turned lame? Wait. <laughs> what the actresses (laughs) wait hold on wait hold on what would have happened in 2004 that made the oscars turn lame that must be what that's saying right oh the oscars i thought they were talking about the actors like the oh those actresses (laughs) uh the oscars 2000 
uh crash one in 2004 to be fair crash is an insanely lame movie yeah that is lame um i just wonder if there was something that like happened oh no but hang on a second the oscar hang on the 2004 oscars okay this was written in october 2004 which means that the oscars would have happened they happened in february so the last thing the last thing that would have won the Oh, okay, no, if the Oscars happened in February, then yeah, Crash would have won. I was about to say, like, Lord of the Rings won. Uh, Return of the King, like, won every Oscar the year before that, and everyone was saying, like, finally, the Oscars are going to a movie that people went to see. So that was, like, so it's, it's gotta I mean, be. It, it appear- according to the Wikipedia page, the Oscars that were on February 29th of 2004 <laughs> were the Return of the King oscars where they oh, won so they, 11 oh, awards they, oh is this wait, is, is this, this a lord of the rings feud yeah, is this is this book yeah is this like harry potter fans feuding with lord of the rings like ah uh, this of uh, this dumb fantasy thing that isn't as cool as our Before fantasy they, thing oh it also won some awards for mystic river remember that one i don't remember mystic river johnny depp was in it uh jude law was in it oh i do no yep i do remember mystic river yep i'm trying what i'm trying to find out is if there would have been a Harry Potter, like if Harry Potter oh, could have, yeah, like a, like a snub, like a for... big Oscar snub, like Oscars turned lame when they snubbed <sighs> Harry Potter. Prisoner of Azkaban would have been the one. Did Prisoner of Azkaban like not get nominated or something? Oh, I bet. I mean, obviously, it didn't win. Maybe that's what it's referring to. I don't know. The uh, portrayals of these roles of wonder. Okay. At least he's not saying that it's. Or, or, I guess it's not. I don't know who is writing this. I. I Michael Nett. Uh, uh, I thought that that it was saying that the <laughs> the, the, the actresses had gone lame because they were old or whatever. Uh, that would be which, a very rude thing to say. Well, this is a pretty rude article already. You have to admit. That's true. This has the edge of two thousand four. This is. This has. This has like. I would say this is at like. 25% Maddox at the moment. Oh yeah, it does. Dolores Umbridge then is seemingly the ultimate mix of these two villains, sickening, fake, manipulative, and very capable of inflicting torture. She is like a girl who was in my second grade class, always giving our deaf old bat of a teacher a neck massage during story time, but pinching you at the drop of a hat to get to the front of the tuck shop line. Um, I did not understand. I mean, I understood each individual word in that sentence. <laughs> I, did, I what? Can you run that past me one more time? She is like a girl who was in my second grade class, always giving our deaf old bat of a teacher a neck <laughs> massage during story time, but pinching you at the drop of a hat to get to the front of the tuck shop line. Can you explain that to me? <laughs> okay, here's the thing. I okay. Uh, tuck shop makes me think this is English, but uh-huh. they say second grade, and you don't say second grade in England. You say like e- like year or form usually, like second form, first form, like for like I. Perhaps they I like Americanized it like halfway, yeah, or or they're Harry Potter fans, so they Englished it. Uh, I I'm truly fascinated by how they arrived at this weird half and half. Uh, 
uh, thing here. As traditionally evil as old Voldy is, or MC D-Lo as he is known on the R&B circuit. <laughs> oh my god! Yep. Sure. <laughs> Umbridge seems to elicit an intensely strong hatred from just about everyone in the series, even though she's apparently on the side of good. Even Lupin, the Ralph Nader of the series, spouts off against what? her. You can't just drop, <laughs> drop that with the no Ralph explanation. Of the series. How? How so? What? How is he the Ralph Nader of the series? You know, a Lupin Lupin campaigns so broomsticks wouldn't have uh, steel steering shafts in them anymore. That's that really his... great. Thank you, Lupin. <laughs> The worst of her is that she is a horrible bigot who thinks that there is nothing wrong with discriminating against people based on parentage and race. It's Volmer something that also is that. She's also that. <laughs> they both are that. How do you miss the point so badly? <laughs> uh, it's something that nearly everyone can agree on. Racism is a dirty, disgusting thing, and you can really hate someone because of it. I mean, wait, hang on a second. <laughs> <laughs> I know that it, it seems weird to go back and edit an article from 2004, but I really think they should, have, maybe should. I have some notes here. So why is she why is she such a better villain than Voldemort? Because there really isn't that much to Voldemort. He's a bit like Darth Vader. You know he's evil because he's the dude wearing black and breathing heavily. Using that logic, a former friend of mine was an evil guy. He was evil anyway, but the stalker breathing just cemented it about okay thank you very much for that no for that. he wants to kill all the muggles because he's magic racist <sighs> that's the story sure he had a tough childhood but so did most of the characters simply put <sighs> you know what he stands for and you know that he'll just mess you up old school yeah he stands for racism if you don't lay down some heavy beats first <laughs> But with Umbridge, it's different. She's not the stereotypical villain. She's got that saccharine dislikability that once that one associates with O magazine subscribers. Yeah, I hate and, women. And touched by an angel fan. Yep. It's women, actually, and it's I hate women. them. Oh, Thank gross. you. That in itself is evil. Watching touched by an angel? <laughs> But it's the fact that she doesn't try to make a point by being horrid. It's very much her innate quality. Though we hardly know her, she hardly seems like someone who's lived a tough life. While Voldemort may express an almost justifiable anger. No, it's not! An almost justifiable oh anger God. against the world? No! I said, is I said read another book, but this they need to read this one again. They missed, they <laughs> missed some book, stuff. Please. Uh, Umbridge is motivated by greed, prejudice, and ignorance. Sound like someone else we know? Voldemort? Voldemort? It's Voldemort. <laughs> Quite frankly, she's a way better villain than Lord Voldemort, not just in characterization, but in evil stakes. Even if Voldemort was worse to assemble a crack team of the world's most evil people, Saddam, uh, Slobodan, <sighs> and Avril Lavigne... Yeah, you know. What did Avril do? Saddam Hussein, Melodic, Slobodan, and uh, and Avril Lavigne. Yeah, she married Nickelback, but they got a divorce. <laughs> I doubt he'd even make a dent on Umbridge. 
and I'm guessing that in Half-Blood Prince, she's not going to fade away into obscurity. My prediction is that Fudge and company don't lose the ministry work. They stick around, declare war, hurt a lot of innocent people, and do so in the name of justice. Uh, our Miss Umbridge will be prominent in future volumes, and the damage she'll wreak will almost certainly rival that of the Dark Lord. No! <laughs> Umbridge is the banality of evil. Come on, people. Come on! That's a very poor, poor reading of Harry Potter, I gotta say. Well, I think this next one you might appreciate a little more, because I think it's a much better read of Harry Potter. Are you... I don't think that would be very difficult. <laughs> well, let's <laughs> let's wait and see, shall we? Sure, uh, sure. This is, is Umbridge an Animagus we all know? Uh, this is also by MuggleNet. While reading Order of the Phoenix very carefully, two things <laughs> caught our eyes. All of the Defense Against the Dark Arts se- teachers have a special secret. One shared a body with Voldemort, one was a fake, another was a werewolf, and the last was an imposter slash escaped criminal. What would be the dark secret of Umbridge? Hmm. Uh, she kind of mm. showed her hand right there at the beginning when she had tortured attention. <laughs> she, she does a torture spell. Reading Order of the Phoenix carefully, we discovered that she des- she is described as toad-like more than one time. It's also the first impression Harry gets of her when he sees her. So we started thinking about her and came up with an interesting new theory. We <laughs> think she's an animagus and that has been mentioned in each of the books before by simply being Trevor. Hmm. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a twist? I I remember this theory. I remember people talking about this. All the Animagi have real-life similarities to their animals. Serious laughing sounds like a bark. Peter is very rat-like. We don't have to tell you that, do we? And the first impression Umbridge made to Harry was toad-like. It is mentioned very often in Order of the Phoenix that he thinks of a toad when he sees her. The next hint in the development Neville makes... The next hint is the development Neville makes in Book 5 uh trevor is not mentioned once but neville improves his wizarding skills in the dumbledore's army we think that uh trevor slash umbridge can't look after him now that she is teacher and so she can't bewitch him with memory charms what i don't get this one at all well i mean i think they're saying that oh she was sabotaging she was sat as trevor okay and couldn't being a human the time uh, i love i love this why the hell not is what i say yeah sure uh remember in chamber of secrets when neville received the remember all it immediately turned red but he couldn't remember what he had forgotten and we never learned anything about it is there something important about the attack of his parents that he could remember but is not able to because of these memory charms we think that uncle algy who gave him trevor is a bad uncle <laughs> Ian Umbridge <laughs> I didn't tried, know to that. Keep, tried to keep Neville under control. Yeah, we hang on. We do know that, that Trevor's a bad uncle, didn't or Uncle Algie? Didn't he hang him out a window or something? Yeah, I think he pushed him out the window. Yeah, it's obvious that Algie gave it as a present to Neville after he was sure he was a wizard. Of course, Umbridge has much more to do in the Ministry, and so on, so on that she can't stay with Neville all the time. So Trevor is often missed. Please answer us uh, what you think about this theory. Zero comments. That's sad. I have to assume the comment sections got wiped during the yeah, uh, they probably the handover. Yeah, um, I really, I'm honestly like on board with this because I I'm I'm coming around 
to this idea that, like, if J.K. Rowling wants to, like, retcon stuff or, like, make, like, do dumb details like Nagini was a human woman, you might as well go big. Like, you might as well just, like, change, like, like, reveal information that changes everything. Sure. Yeah, no, I, I, I buy that. I, Because uh... the thing about the, the Nagini thing is it changes. It doesn't matter, right? Like, it, materially for the story, like, it, it doesn't matter that sh- that Nagini the snake was Nagini the woman because she's she's a snake. But, like, it does She's not kind a character of, either way. Right. It does kind of matter if Umbridge was a toad the whole time. And was in their dorms. Yeah, they would. They would have to explain that somehow. <laughs> that's 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 for sure. So I'm kind uh, of on board with that. I'm on. Yeah, sure. It would have been cool. I just re- I love I love all these old theories for this book uh, and, and and future books that that uh, that all assumed that there would be some incredible plotted out twist that could be gleaned from the current text and then it turns out that actually it was uh it was the deathly hallows that were invented in the last book so um here's a question um do you think that trevor fought at the battle of hogwarts maybe because he's always missing and it's like like maybe maybe there's a scene maybe he gets neville the sword that would be great. He just, he's got, you know, uh, 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 Trevor is missing and Neville's like, where's Trevor? Where's Trevor? Then uh, Trevor leaps out of a leaps out of a cupboard or something and goes, you know, ribbit and and a, and a sword flies out of him. I love that. That's great. great. I feel like frogs have good a lot of good, um, like possible moves that they yeah. could use. Uh, they could scream. They can jump. Um, uh, Tongue if he was- attack tongue attack uh maybe he's a poison toad and he could like like jump on people and then and then they die like, you make cool. you make make people lick him or whatever <laughs> oh no lucius malfoy's licking trevor <laughs> oh wait he's dead thanks trevor <laughs> good yeah no i'm i'm on board for that um fuck yeah the the uh, it's good to know that like even in 2004 the uh the the i guess the doors were fully open for so and so is actually an animagus uh uh, uh theories yeah i think it's I also it's, not... it's also a really good theory because coming from any other kind of like franchise or book series i would say like no like you only get to use that trick once right like you can mm-hmm. only have the childhood pet be an evil person that was evil the whole time like one time but we know that jk rowling loves to bring all that stuff back like there's almost like a rule of two happening um <laughs> in- <laughs> like oh that. for my other my other favorite franchise <laughs> umbridge's shitty Kreia. oh my god <laughs> okay uh so that's that's um way in the past that's our uh our our ancient um uh early 2000s content and mm-hmm. then i took a little a little trip to some more recent stuff uh kind of in the doldrums between um you know the harry potter books and movies finishing and and the fantastic beasts uh, announcement sort of revitalizing everything. right yeah MuggleNet has a section dedicated to song parodies <laughs> why wouldn't they uh and 
I found a certain song parody here titled Dolores Umbridge. Uh-huh. Can you guess what it would be set to? I'm, I'm God, curious no. if you, you know. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Oh, hold is, on, hold on. Okay. Hold on. I'll give you a clue. It's it's not a it's not like a pop song. This is a, a show tune from a Disney movie. Oh, that probably puts me a little closer. So let me let me think about that. I feel like it's probably like a villain song. Um, mm-hmm. My God, I'm I'm trying to think because I'm like obviously drawing some like parallels. I'm obviously like okay, evil woman Disney character, and I first think of Ursula. Um, is is the name of the song is Dolores Umbridge like is that in is that the title of the song like the- yes <sighs> well well it, it, okay the the number of syllables in Dolores Umbridge matches the number of syllables in the song mostly and it is the name of a character god maybe that narrows it down some Cruella DeVille Yes, nah. there you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, are, how familiar are you with the tune to Cruella Deville? Because I've not seen this movie I, in a very long I've time. Got, I've got Cruella Deville. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Cruella well, Deville. I'm. This is your job now. Mm-hmm. I'm putting. Mm-hmm. I'm, no, I'm I just. Putting... Tr- no, I just turned it into. Um, uh, like Santa Claus is coming to town, so that's not going to work. <laughs> Okay, well, this, yes, this is uh, uh, Dolores Umbridge to the tune of Cruella DeVille. Uh, like I said, I'm, I've, I've not listened to the song in a while, so I will not be singing it uh, fully along to the, the tune because I don't Spoken know it, word is what, is what this word. is going to be. Uh, Dolores Umbridge, Dolores Umbridge, the terror of Hogwarts and Hogsmeade Village. Oh, she's, no. <laughs> she's even more irritating so this is where i don't remember the rest of it Uh, she's even more irritating than a midge dolores dolores you can clearly see she raided the fridge get it because she's fat oh Uh, yeah look out for dolores on bridge oh i just turned out turned that into uh the spider-man theme song (laughs) 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 i'm I'm learning i'm learning that corella that corella deville like turns into a lot of other songs if you try to sing it Spider-Man, Spider-Man, <laughs> Terror of Hogwarts and Hogsmeade, man. Uh, at first you think Umbridge is a sweetie, but after time has taken its toll, at first you'll realize she never sympathized and she should be put on the dole. She bullies students at Inhuman Toad. We really need to kick that really wide load. Hogwarts was such a great place until Dolores, Dolores, Dolores Umbridge. Wow. I'm very sorry that I, 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 don't, I don't know the... Thought, lyrics to... that's okay i thought that was really nice i, I again like are, are harry potter fans like read harry potter because <laughs> like umbridge's thing was not that you thought she was good for a while <laughs> like it was like it was pretty on site with umbridge yeah yeah pretty much sorry i just tapped over to the other thing this is not one that i intended to read here but I'm just going to read the first part of this one, which is a song parody to the tune of Complicated by Avril Lavigne. Oh, she's evil, though, I learned. That's right, because you made this song. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, it starts with, chill out, why you cursing me? You know I'm just a baby? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you know I'm baby? 
fuck. Okay. Well, I've got. Oh my god! There, there are so many parts in Harry Potter. Don't you know I'm baby? But the baby gets cursed <laughs> or killed. Yeah, there are so many babies that die in Harry Potter. <sighs> okay. I think that's that for MuggleNet. Uh, <laughs> Some really, really good stuff. I love them. I love them so much. Uh, I, I, I just. This is such a a, a, a boon for us because you know we have we already have the basically unlimited resource of, of leaky cauldron to find like the think piece stuff and like leaky cauldron specializes a lot more in like those very meticulously researched long essays mm-hmm. and MuggleNet feels MuggleNet might be like the people's uh uh, uh harry potter ancient fan site where sure. they've got song parodies and uh blogs about osama uh on them yeah i believe that when we were browsing it last week um i read a delightful um little think piece about why picket uh from fantastic beasts is an infp of the myers-briggs <laughs> Fuck yes personality Fuck yes. type um that did a really great job of reading personality traits into that that little into stick a, bug a stick insect but but as far as i know uh basically makes a little cute chirping sound sometimes and mm-hmm. that's about it yeah uh, <laughs> but he's an infp for sure he is an infp that's that's beautiful um I, i'm so glad that he could be you know he could he could be uh he could have that oh i guess infps probably don't have a stare huh no that's, that's like just us intjs Sorry, I just had to drop that I'm an INTJ here. Oh, oh just, just casually dropping. Oh, oops. Just dropped I actually, my... I actually masterminded this moment um, by bringing up the INFP article so that I could uh, <laughs> could lay that on you. Thank uh, you very don't, much. Don't worry, everyone. I can't do the stare through a podcast. Or maybe so that's just worry. how powerful the stare is. Perhaps. I'll try to do it yeah. now. See if it works. Yeah. How did it was, work? I don't, I don't know. Did it? <laughs> uh, well, you can you can let us know. You can you know tweet at us or email us if if uh, if Liz's <laughs> INTJ stare worked and and intimidated you. But I think it's probably time for us to take it to the close. What do you say? Yeah, sounds good. Our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. You can check them out on Bandcamp. Huge thanks to them, as always, for letting us use that as our theme song. You can check us out on patreon.com slash treatcast. We have so much good bonus content. Uh, This week, we met Ed Sheeran. Uh, mm-hmm. we've watched a new tv series the order we've got we've got a lot of stuff going on over there and we're close to 200 subscribers so thank you all very very much we will be doing something uh fun to celebrate that soon uh and liz what are we reading next week uh we're gonna read chapter 18 which is called dumbledore's army and has a delightful chapter illustration of dobby wearing many many hats oh, i'm so excited we're gonna get some dobby content finally well, before we go, uh, we do need to find out what our way to kill Umbridge is this week. Mm-hmm. And uh, this week, we will be... Let's see. Oh, this one's clever. Are you ready? Yeah. Pour water over her head. Dolores Umbridge, everybody, the new Wicked Witch of the West. Oh, I get it. 
Now, I would just like, before we go, I would like to point out that poor is spelled P-O-O-R. Oh, darn. Well. Well. <laughs> something that helps, I think, if, uh, if you, you know, if you're, uh, you're having trouble figuring out the difference uh, between some spellings <laughs> is reading more. So if all you've read is Harry Potter, why not try reading another book? Please read another book. If you go into the dream, but there's a lady there, makes ocean roll seem tame. Better know what you're after if you catch a eye. Cause this hot mama is just a cat in disguise.